There is something going on this morning, guys. And as in, like, good stuff. Like, God's doing stuff. Like, literally, just got to shrink a little bit. Don't mind me. There we go. Literally, it was, uh, you guys were already worshiping before worship was scheduled to, uh, to Spotify. Right? Like, there's stuff going on a little bit behind the scenes. And, like, even just hearing the announcements and hearing Katie pray, there's, there's stuff going on, and it's encouraging to see. So let's just keep this stuff going. Let's see what God's up to. Let's see what, I don't know, there's, I don't even work, I don't know, guys, there's stuff going on. So, and when I say stuff, I don't mean like, oh, we got like administrative stuff. I mean like God's on the work, and there's you should have seen our week these past two weeks. I can't even tell you what happened, but there's things going on in our community. There's people reaching out for help, and people are seeing our Facebook ads for the candy buffet, and because they see that, they come in and say, this is my life right now, and I need help. So they're seeing that, and so I'm just saying that there's things going on, church, and uh, you guys are, are part of this. You guys are part of this. So my message today is uh, shine it or hide it, and I feel like we're doing it, we're shining it, and we need to keep shining it. So um, as, before I get into it, I'm going to say next Sunday, we got a special guest speaker. Uh, Wes Mills is going to be in the house. Um, he is a great friend. Yeah, he's a great friend um, of Brad and I. And I know he's been here before, before we showed up. So I'm glad you're able to meet him. If you haven't yet, he's very much looking forward to it. He is going to be in Fredericton, I think, today. And so that's, um, he's there all weekend, or all week, and we're going to see him on Wednesday when we go up to the Grow Conference. But yeah, he's coming down. He's excited to come see the church and meet you all. And uh, he's going to spend the night here. Not in here. We'll have a place for him. But he's going to spend the night here. So he's really uh, excited. Uh, so him and his wife are coming down. His wife is Lois. And I just, uh, I know you guys will fall in love with them. They're a great couple. Um, so last week was the last Sunday that we did Hero Maker, and it doesn't mean that we're like, okay, Hero Maker's done, what's the next series? Uh, nope, Hero Maker continues. So I want to keep encouraging us as a church that that lifestyle of us not being heroes, but hero makers, that's going to be our church. Okay, that's the launch off, that's the kickstart, that's what we are going to be like. So our language and the things that we do need to start modeling that. So Brad and I are trying to figure that out, but even for yourselves, start praying, God, what does this look like? Who are the people around me, my community, or in my workplace or at school? How does the church look like in this, all right? So I just want to encourage you that with the Hero Maker. Um, it was a series, yes, but it wasn't just a series. It's a lifestyle. So we've got to keep that going. And then I want to also mention that near the end of the service today, uh, we're going to do things a little bit different. It's not going to be our normal, but we're going to get into groups and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for each other, and we're going to pray for our outreach um, tomorrow night, okay? So it's not like we all know each other here, and if you don't know us, you'll get to know us by the end of the day. But uh, I know that's like, whoa, what groups? Yeah, me too. Oh, what groups? We can do this. And um, it's going to be a really great time. So I just want to throw that out there. So for those who need to prepare themselves that we have to get into groups, you got 30 minutes of warning there. So there we go. So today I'm focusing on you are the light of the world. I'm going to start in some Old Testament, and then I'm going to make my way up into the New Testament with what Jesus is saying. And I'm going to put a lot of focus into Matthew chapter 5. 
So if you do have your Bibles today, you can get ready. I'll give you some advanced notice to that. But Matthew chapter 5 is where I'll be reading from. And today's message, shine it or hide it. You know, like a dim light can ruin one's focus and cause frustration. You never like sit down to have a meal and your light's flickering. You just oh, just just turn off the lights. It's fine with the lights off. I don't just because it's a distraction. It's frustration. But Jesus said that we are the light of the world. So as He is the light of the world, and I'm hoping to unpack that a little bit today. So before we get started, let's pray, and then we'll dive in. God, thank you that you are you're here. You're working. You're moving. And God, we thank you that your presence is so strong today, God. And God, I thank you that, um, <laughs> I don't even have words for it. It's just that you are moving. And so out of that, God, we just ask that you move in a place today where our hearts are stirred, our ears are open to what you have to say, God. And that it's, it's that the words that you speak today, Jesus, that they don't fall to the ground, that they will land into our fresh, in a fresh soil where we go, okay, what's our next step? So today, Jesus, I pray that you use Use me as your vessel, however you want to communicate it today. And uh, we give this to you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So I'm going to go uh, back a little bit. Uh, Backstory is that um, Jesus uh, spoke about being the light of the world in the Gospel of John. Now, this was also the time of the Feast of the Tabernacles or Feast of Booths or the Festival of Shelters. All those three are the same celebration. I'm going to explain that. It's a Jewish holiday. So the Jews observed this time by building and dwelling temporary shelters or buildings. And just like, those, like the Israelites did when they were wandering in the desert, they would build these in remembrance of um, where they've come from. And during the festival, they remembered and celebrated God's deliverance, protection, and provision. And that we saw, we could see that all uh, with what Moses did when he was leading the Israelites um, in the book of Exodus. And we see that in ver- or chapter 13, 21. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud. And he protected, uh, or he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. So the festival of shelters took place in Leviticus where it was a special celebration. Similar to the Passover, it taught families about God's nature and what he had done for them, and it was a time of renewed commitment. And we can read that in Leviticus 23, 33, and it says, The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Begin celebrating the festival of shelters on the 15th day of the appointed month, five days after the Day of Atonement. The festival to the Lord will last for seven days. And as I was preparing, I looked that up. I was like, well, when would that technically be? Well, today is the 30th. The festival in the Jewish culture would have been held October 9th to the 16th of this year. So we're in that, that, that frame, that time frame of what they were doing. So moving forward to the time of Jesus teaching in John chapter 8. Now I'm going to be bouncing around, but Matthew 5 is where I'm going to be focusing on. But in John chapter 8, Jesus was in the temple during the festival of shelters. And the menorah candles were lit, symbolizing the pillar of fire that led the Israelites out of slavery. These menorahs were 73 feet tall. That's like tall with big giant flames. So you can imagine what it would look like. It would be warm, first of all, very warm, but they illuminated the temple court. It was bright. There was no way where you can see any form of darkness because it was so lit. And it was the setting that Jesus began to teach. 
So in John 8:12, it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So Jesus is saying that he is the light. He's, he's sitting in the temple, the menorahs are lit, and he kind of looks around him in his surrounding and goes, I'm gonna use this. I am the light of the world. And when we have Jesus in our lives and we choose to follow him, we reflect his light wherever we go. We don't have to wander in darkness anymore. When we have the light of the world, who is Jesus leading our life? There is no room for darkness. You know, something that we do every day is turn on and off a light switch, right? Whether you're in the office or at home, and instantly the darkness is gone. It's never the other way around. Darkness cannot take over the light. Have you ever tried that as science? You learn that kind of like in elementary science. Darkness cannot take over the light, and that's how God created it to be in the beginning. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, it says, God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. There was no way for darkness to penetrate that light. So now I'm going to Matthew chapter 5. Now in Matthew chapter 5, it says, in this chapter, Jesus is starting his Sermon on the Mount. You know, the Sermon on the Hillside, uh, because this was literally where he was. Jesus was on the side of a mountain, and he, this is where he chose to spoke. And he preached from the mountainside near Capernaum. And the sermon was spoken over a few days. It was a whole bunch that he was launching out. And he kept the attention of large crowds that followed him and wanted to hear what he had to say. Now, as he began to teach the Beatitudes, which describes the blessedness of those who have certain qualities or experiences to those belonging in the kingdom of heaven, he also was looking out on the crowds of the people. And then further out in the distance, he saw the city. And there was a city on the hill called Safed. Now, there's a picture that we're going to put up. And this city was, has an elevation of 900 meters above sea level. It is the highest city in Galilee. Living in that city, you would get the best views of the valley, of the sea. You get the sunrises. You get the sunsets. You would be able to see it all. If you, you can even Google Safed. And you will see amazing resorts now. There's resorts and there are pictures and they make you want to go on a holiday. But in the time when Jesus walked the earth, you would be able to see the city during the day. And you would be able to see it at night because there's candles would be lit in their windows and there would be a glow. That city would be glowing on the hill. So it was out of that, while Jesus was teaching, he looked out and saw the city and began to teach using his surrounding. He said, and he spoke to the crowds in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Imagine that. Jesus is on the, on the side of the mountain and he's speaking to the crowd and then he sees the city on the hilltop. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Jesus was polite, but my words, I'm like, that's dumb. You don't do that. There's no purpose to that. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand when it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You're pointing people to Jesus. In John, Jesus says that he is the light of the world. In Matthew 5, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. So how can we be the light if Jesus said he was the light? 
Well, in John 12, 46, it says, I have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. For those who choose to be followers of Jesus, when we put our trust in Jesus, darkness cannot be anywhere near because Jesus is light. He is the light of the world. Jesus leads us and we can lead others by reflecting his light, his true love. Jesus chose to show who he is to the darkened world. And he wasn't just speaking to the crowds in his time. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You will notice that uh, you are is present tense. That's right now. You are the light of the world. He did not say you were or they were or you will be. He said you are the light of the world. So the question is, are we reflecting Jesus' light in a darkened world? Or are we hiding our lights? It's either shine it or hide it. Dim lights are frustrating and cause confusion. It's one or the other. We shine bright or we hide. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, like the city of Saphed, the globe during the night, it cannot be hidden. Jesus then says that no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. If you do that, are you truly following Jesus? Because what's the point if you hide it? We need to be intentional in our everyday on how we reflect Jesus to others. So Jesus says that we should not be ashamed of him. The world needs to hear and see who Jesus is. Instead, let's place the light. Let's place it on a stand where it gives light to everyone. Now, last night, I don't know if anyone else is like me, but I was nerding out a little bit watching the crescent moon on the Facebook page called Astronomy by the Bay. There is a you're welcome, Astronomy by the Bay, for those who want to search you up and get followers for that. But Astronomy by the Bay, uh, anyone else? No, just me. Okay, that's all right. Uh, I just so you, you can, they have it, um, they have a telescope and they're filming it. And you can see the closeness of the moon. So it's a crescent moon. And you, how they had it, if you, if you were, like, if you couldn't sit there still for a long time, you get really bored. But as I was watching it, you can see the craters and you can see it slightly moving. And uh, as I was younger, I was obsessed with astronomy, so I guess I still kind of am. And the wonders of the universe, that there is more out there than what our plain eye can see. And I remember getting a telescope for Christmas. And I would point it to the moon on a clear night. And it was so easy to see. You know, the details of the craters, the dark spots. At that age, I was like, I'm going to prove there's aliens. <laughs> I have not proved it. <laughs> but the more clear... Uh, with the telescope than just staring at it, right? Like looking at it, we're all like, wow, look at it, so bright. But with a telescope, it magnifies. Now let's imagine that Jesus uh, was the sun, like the S-U-N sun, and we were the moon. And the sun is shining brightly on one side of the earth, and the moon is reflecting the sun's light for all to see in the darkness. Now imagine how marvelous that moon would look if there was no sun, my telescope wouldn't be able to pick it up. We wouldn't be able to see it. It would be so dark. And the earth would be under a blanket of darkness. That's not how God created our world to be. He separated the light from the darkness, and it was good. The moon is bright at night because it reflects the sun. That's what it's supposed to do. That's its purpose, just like we have a purpose to reflect Jesus. 
Now, another event, here's my nerding out a little bit too, that happens is an eclipse. Uh, for any astronomy nerds out there, here's a mark on your calendar. November 8th, there's a lunar eclipse happening. Write that in there. But anyways, off topic. An eclipse is when the moon orbits the Earth and it moves between the sun and the Earth. Now, when this happens, the moon actually blocks the light of the sun from reaching the Earth. and Instead, it casts a dark shadow. Scientifically proven. Are there things in our lives that can play as a spiritual eclipse for us? Is there, is there things that may be blocking out Jesus for others to see who he is in us? Do we stop reflecting the sun and instead show nothing? We need to ask ourselves, where am I reflecting Jesus my day to day? Do I need to reposition myself maybe, maybe my attitude, my heart, so I can show people who Jesus truly is? Because Jesus said in John 12, 46, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Once, one time, everyone, we were in that dark world. And there was a day where we made a decision to follow Jesus. We know what it was like. And now we know what this is like. And that's why, we, why it's so important to reflect who Jesus is to the world that have no idea. See, right now in kids' church, I bet they're not singing loud enough, but they are today singing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. They're singing that today because it's the truth. Our kids are learning how to shine. And it may be like, oh, that's a nursing rhyme. I used to do that when I was in elementary. Yep. And I was told the other day, it's like, why do they say this little light of mine? It should be this giant light of mine. I was like, because it doesn't sound good. But the truth is, the smallest of lights, the smallest of candles still cannot be overtaken by darkness. So even if you have just a flicker, even if you're like, man, this week was hell, but you got that flicker, darkness cannot touch you. Because you have Jesus showing you the way, lighting the way. No, Halloween is tomorrow, and I know all of us have different views. <laughs> well, that one was like, yeah. Other ones may be like, uh, have different views about Halloween and how to handle Halloween. And I'm not here to debate Halloween at all. But I have come from turning off your lights and hiding in your basement. I've come from that. Um, I've come from going to harvest festivals where you go through the blessing line and you get blessed with sugar. I don't know how I take that, like... You get blessed with sugar. Do your parents really feel like that? All these children coming and going, off the walls. How is that a blessing? I don't know. I've been through all that. Uh, and it, I've been through where you carve pumpkins or you just put out a pumpkin with no carving. Like, I, it's a roller coaster ride where you're like, what's good? What's right? What's wrong? What's, what, I don't get it. What does Jesus say? Right? And that's where we got to land. What does scripture say about Halloween? Well, I'm going to get to that because I, again, and I want to make this very clear. After church, I want no debates to, with me. Talk to your husband or wives or your friends, not me. This isn't a debate day. But my question is, is how are we shining Jesus each day of the week, including October 31st? Because October 31st is the same day as today. It is the same day as November 1st. It is actually the same day as December 25th. Because God created every day, and it was good. I have been told 
Well, actually, history tells us that is a pagan holiday or a time where people dress up to scare away the ghosts and the spirits. Um, but you know what? It's the people who live in the darkened world that will reflect the world's point of view. I've been told that it's the devil's day. Why are we celebrating Halloween? First of all, I'm not celebrating Halloween. I'm celebrating October 31st, the day that the Lord has made. And out of that, culture says hand out candy. I say, out of that, dude, let's hand out candy because there's 300 kids showing up at our door saying, hi, and I'm going, here, come to church. Here, come to kids club, right? We take the opportunity and we can use it for good, right? God can make what's made for evil. He can make it for good. So I've been told that it's the devil's day. Now, so I was like, devil's day. I didn't get that in, the, in scripture, let me check out Genesis. I still didn't see when the devil's day was created. Scripture says nothing about that. In the time of creation, God said it was good. He said that every day. And in Psalms 118, 24, it says, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, it's the devil's day. Well, I'm sorry, you, you go hide. But it's, it's the day that the Lord has made. So today, we celebrate Jesus October 31st, we celebrate Jesus. The way that culture takes things and mixes it around, we can still point people to Jesus. We can still be the light in a darkened world for Jesus. If the world deems October 31st the darkest day of the year, then what better place to shine a light? If it's the darkest time of the year, why should we hide our lights? Now, I'm not saying turn on your light and hand out candy. That's not my debate. But no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket because it's October 31st. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. This is the day of the year where the community, people that we're praying for, the kids that come to Kids Club and to our youth group who hear about the candy buffet and come here saying, I heard about that you're a church and I saw the candy buffet. Is there a pastor here? Yes. And we met them and we hung out with them and we prayed for them and initially hopefully helped them a bit, invited them back. They're coming to the candy buffet is what they say. From there, they'll get the invitation, give them the details that we're here. So church... We're lighting that lamp. We're showing who Jesus is. This is the one day of the year where the community comes. The ones that we've been praying for, the ones that we've been wanting to reach, the ones who do not know who Jesus is. And we've been praying for redeemed lives. Those kids and families are going to be knocking on our doors. They're, they're one day of the year, they're knocking on our doors. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice, let's be glad in it, and let's love on those vampires. Let's love on the goblins. Let's love on the little cats and pumpkins that show up at our door. Because to be honest, they have no idea what Halloween's about besides candy. So we should not say, uh-uh, I'll see you November 1st, but not tonight. Let's light our lights. Jesus came to redeem creation. This is not one day that does not belong to Jesus. This every day belongs to the King of Kings. So today we need to make a choice. Not just about Halloween. Where are we personally? Where are we shining our lights? That's, that's one thing. What has Jesus asked us to do? Jesus told us to go into all the nations. We heard during the Hero Maker uh, series 
go into all the nations. Jesus told us that we are the light of the world. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with my Father in heaven. So I just see this as an open door. Halloween, thanks world, you just opened up the door where we can reach more people in one night than us trying to throughout the years. So let's bring in the 300 kids and their families and let's take back what the world says, this is the dark, spooky, we close our, our, our doors and hide. No, we open our doors and say, we're here. We want to love on our community. So church, you've done that. Thank you for your generosity with just bringing that candy. If you go, I don't know why I'm bringing this, that's why you're bringing this. It is part of this open door idea where God says, here's an opportunity. What are you going to do with it? And we've grabbed a hold of it. So the next thing that we need to do is we need to pray. We need to pray that these invitations, and I'm going to say, like, these couple weeks has been a little bit of like this, and usually when things happen, we're, we're like, yes, God, I'm in step with you. I want to do things. Oh, things come up against you, whether it's health, whether it's a broken down car, whether it's there's no money in my bank account. Oh, man, I will live a week with, with a dollar, right? Things happen, but it's to distract us. But God says he is good. His future is good. His promises are good. He tells us who we are. We are the light of the world because he is the light of the world. We are reflectors of him. So what more than when we are choosing to be reflectors of Jesus, his true love to a darkened world, does the enemy hate the most? And that should make us smile because that means we're doing something right. So let's push on in that. So out of that, we need to pray. We need to pray. Because when God says do something, and we say okay, and we don't have all the answers to everything, we give it back to God. Have your will. Let your will be done, Jesus. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to get into groups. For those online, we're going to keep online. It might look empty up here, but I want to encourage those online to pray at home. Give this time a prayer. And we will end with a song, so that's kind of like, we're going to come together with that. But I want to encourage you to go to someone you normally don't go to. Okay? You guys, let's go pray. Let's get into groups. Stand up. Find someone. This is the awkwardness. I get it. It's okay. Push through. It's only going to be a couple minutes. But we're going to pray for the outreach tomorrow. And I want us to be able to pray for each other. Where can we be the light? Where is God asking us to shine today? Groups of five. If my, that five turns into ten, that's up to you. But, you know, get into groups and let's spend time in prayer. We'll give only a couple minutes to this. God, thank you. God, thank you. God, thank you that you are the light of the world. Jesus, we're just sounds so simple so God thank you that it's simple and today Jesus I want to pray a blessing on each and every one here and those listening online today God thank you for their for their hearts God thank you that they are um, here today Jesus God I just ask that you gently 
help them be the light where there might be an area where they're just, it might be tough. But God, it's not tough for you. God, even if this is a mindset where we have to change our thought patterns a bit from what we have been told or taught, God, I pray that you help us shift our minds, that it is about you. And it's not about what the world says. It's about what you say. So we thank you for your word. God, thank you that you are speaking to us. Thank you that you are uh, walking with us. Thank you that you are everywhere and around us. So God, I just pray for a joy to come on all the people today, God. A joy and an excitement that you are on the move. A joy and excitement that we can be part of your move. That we're not on the sidelines watching from afar, God, but we are, we are in, in action. And God, we thank you for your plans and that they are good. And God, I pray for protection. God, that when we are on the move, just even when we're playing sports, there is a risk of injury. God, I pray that those injuries, whether spiritual, mental, physical, whatever they may be, that they will be blocked by your protective hand. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, God, that there will be no one distracted, there'll be no one pushed down. You are stronger than all. You are the light of the world. Amen. I'm going to call the worship team up, and we're going to do a song. And church, let's dig in. Let's sing. Oh, man, you should sing the little light of mine. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> but, yeah, let's just engage. Let's worship Jesus as we uh, head off. And I'm going to pass it. I'm going to stop talking. Let's just worship Jesus. <laughs>